Welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 152. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. session we're going to take a closer look at Genesis chapter 22, the testing of Abraham. We talked about that a little bit in the last session, but I want to go back and revisit that a little bit. Uh, In my mind, it's one of the most interesting chapters of Genesis, certainly, if not the entire uh, Old Testament. And why? Well, I think we're going to see some parallels between Abraham and Jesus Christ. Abraham is in some ways a prefiguration of of Christ, Uh, the, the whole Abraham and Isaac situation. Okay, so let's take a closer look at this. I think we already talked last time about the idea that uh, I kind of whetted your appetite about this idea, that Abraham is willing to sacrifice his son, you know, because of his love for God and his devotion for God. Let's take a step back from that for a moment. If you're reading this story for the first time, where, you know, God says, hey, I want you to take, um, you know, Isaac up there and sacrifice him, you know, to, uh, uh, you, you might be a little queasy thinking about that. Do you think, what kind of a God would do that? You know, uh, what kind of a God needs that? Well, this testing of Abraham is not for God's sake, because God knew what Abraham would do. So why did God make this uh, request? It was so that Abraham would know for sure, forevermore, that he could trust God. Now remember, back in Genesis chapter 17, I may or may not have had you underline this before, but if not, uh, you must underline this verse. Uh, chapter 17, go back if you haven't already, verse 21 of chapter 17. God is talking to Abraham and says, My covenant I will maintain with Isaac. Okay, so God is telling him, Hey, let there be no mistake. My covenant will be with you through Isaac. So Abraham knows, even though God is saying, hey, I want you to take him up to the mountain and sacrifice him, Abraham should know he's spent enough time with God now, and he's realized that when he's followed God, everything goes well for him, and when he hasn't followed God, there are certainly consequences, right? So he, Abraham already knows, and you can bet that he has told Isaac this same story. Hey, God has made a covenant with, with me, and he's going to fulfill it through you and your uh, children. Okay. So I would submit that Abraham, even though he obeyed God, he had to know that God was not going to kill Isaac again Go back to, and make sure you underline, Genesis chapter 17, 
what did I say? Verse 21, I think it was. You got to do that or else, I mean, if God had told me to sacrifice one of my children, <laughs> I don't think I would do it unless he had told me before, hey, I'm going to work through your child because God doesn't lie. Okay. Uh, but again, chapter 17, verse 21, my covenant, I will maintain with Isaac. So Abraham trusts God. All right. Okay, take your son Isaac. I'm reading from chapter 22, verse 2. God said, take your son Isaac, your only one whom you love. He's really not his only son, but, you know, he's the one of the covenant. And go to the land of Moriah. There you shall, uh, I want you to underline the word Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a holocaust on a height that I will point out to you, a height. In fact, there's a mountain there, Mount Moriah, okay? I want you to underline Moriah. Why? We will see. This is going to be a very historic mountain, okay? And reading the story uh, further, Abraham saddled his donkey, uh, uh, took his son Isaac and two of the servants as well, and with the wood that he had cut for the Holocaust, set out for the place of which God had told him. I want you in verse 3 to circle the word donkey and circle the word wood. Okay, why am I having you do this? Okay, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, what did he ride on? You guessed it, a donkey. And there's this son of Abraham is supposed to be sacrificed on the what? I had just circle the word wood. And of course, God's son, Christ, was sacrificed on the wood. Okay. And uh, then what happened on the third day after Christ's sacrifice? Well, of course, he rose from the dead. What do we see in verse four? On the third day of the travel, so circle third day there in verse 4 of chapter 22. On the third day, Abraham got sight of the place from afar. Okay. A um, little bit more about this place, this Mount Moriah. What else in history uh, happens on Mount Moriah? Well, we're going to see that... Uh, on that same place, that is where Solomon is going to build his temple, okay? Uh, and so that's, maybe I'll come up with a verse for you on that as kind of a, um, you know, a, a help there, okay? Uh, yeah, Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1, another obvious, uh, obviously from the Old Testament, says, then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. Okay, so we have to fast forward about a thousand years roughly to when from this event with Abraham to get to Solomon building his, uh, his temple there. And why did Solomon build it there? Because he remembered Abraham's uh, sacrifice or potential sacrifice, right? So we fast forward a thousand years from this event to to um, Solomon building his temple. Now we fast forward another thousand years 
and what happened in that same location. Christ was crucified at Golgotha, which is Calvary, otherwise known as Calvary, C-A-L-V-A-R-Y, which is Latin Calvaria, uh, meaning the place of the skull, which is also what Golgotha means, okay? Um, But Christ is crucified within the shadow, in fact, on the same ridge of these, you know, of that area as Mount Moriah. Okay, so, okay, so now fast forward even more time. What is sitting on this spot today? The spot where Abraham took Isaac today? Well, this is probably the most fought over piece of ground in the history of the world. Today, on that spot, the same spot that Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac, is a Muslim mosque. And it's known as the Dome of the Rock. Sits there today. And it was built approximately over the ruins of Solomon's temple, which itself was built on the site of the event of Abraham's test. Uh, uh, So the, the Jews today, by the way, they want to rebuild Solomon's temple, many of the Orthodox Jews, but they can't yet because the Dome of the Rock uh, still uh, sits there. Okay, now, another idea I just want to throw out there. At the time that Abraham's doing this, you know, there's a pagan land, right, that he's coming into. And uh, a pagan practice was to actually sacrifice uh, a child to the pagan gods, right? And so God is saying, hey, we're going to stop this practice, okay? And you're not going to sacrifice your son, at least not physically. Okay, newsflash for you. God still wants human sacrifice, okay? God still wants human sacrifice. Now, before you know, you panic and call the church and say, oh, this is heresy that Jim Hawk is saying. I'm going to repeat it. God still wants human sacrifice, but he wants us to sacrifice ourselves while we're alive, not as, not while we're dead. Okay. He wants us, he wants us to sacrifice ourselves to him, not in the way we die, but in the way we live in the sense that if we die to ourselves, if you will, die to our own carnal and earthly desires, and instead put our trust in in God, then, uh, you know, develop that relationship. That's the kind of sacrifice that he is after. And we see it in Mary, we see it in Jesus, you know, not my will be done, but yours, okay? So, when I say that Abraham it, it kind of prefigures Christ, he's not the, the full thing, but he is the leader of, ultimately will be the leader of this big, uh, this big group, right? And, uh, uh, you know, he's willing to sacrifice his, his son as God was willing to sacrifice uh, Jesus on the cross. 
Um, you know, and, and we already talked about uh, some of the other parallels with the wood and, uh, you know, the donkey, etc. Uh, by the way, in verse 7 of this uh, chapter 22, we're going to see uh, Isaac ask, uh, you know, let's maybe, maybe he's a little naive. He, uh, in, in verse 7, Isaac asks, where is the, a good translation would say, the lamb for the sacrifice? Your translation might say sheep, but a sheep is, you know, it's the same animal, right? Uh, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? Ah, uh, come on, uh, Isaac, get with the program here. But, um, but to continue on this parallel between the Abraham Isaac and the God the Father and Jesus thing, uh, who is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? Jesus. So you've got that other parallel. So in verse 8, I want you to uh, circle the word lamb, or if you're if your uh, translation says sheep, uh, you can circle that too. Um, in verse 8, Abraham says, God will provide the lamb, and God does provide the lamb, but significantly not for maybe another, mm, give or take, 1,800 years. Um, when God provides the ultimate lamb, which is Jesus. Now you're going to say, hey, but I'm reading this story here and God doesn't provide a lamb here. It says that he provided a ram. We see that in verse 13. Abraham looked about after God said, you know, don't, don't lay your hand on the boy. Um, uh, you know, Abraham looked about and he spied a ram caught in its thorns by the hicket by the in the thicket so he sacrificed the ram so the the ram is uh the sacrifice there it's an acceptable sacrifice but it's not a perfect sacrifice which comes when christ the lamb of god offers himself on calvary uh, also we see in verse 9 that this old man abraham was able to tie up his son, his full-grown son, and Abraham's like a hundred years old or more, right? So that's kind of hard to do. So Isaac must have gone along willingly with this. We don't read anything of a struggle. So was Isaac the most gullible person in the history of the world? No. For how many years, however many years of Isaac's life, perhaps even over 30 in one Jewish tradition, uh, Isaac is 34 years old when this happened. It's just a Jewish tradition. It's not in the Bible. Uh, for over 30 years, Abraham had been telling Isaac about what God had promised him in, you guessed it, chapter 17, verse uh, uh, 19, was it? What was the one that I had you underlined? 17, verse 19. And uh, But anyway, uh, Abraham had been telling him that. Uh, you know, that, uh, hey, the covenant is going to be with uh, with Isaac. So Isaac perhaps also had that same faith that he couldn't be sacrificed. So the son, Isaac, willingly submitted to the father just as Jesus did. Now, I find it fascinating with all these parallels. Note that the writer of this account 
in Genesis, was a Jew, and he's writing hundreds and hundreds of years before Christ, writing about this ultimate sacrifice, which didn't quite happen here. Isaac was spared. The ultimate sacrifice that the writer was trying to describe and didn't even know it occurred in virtually the same place, but much later on when Christ was actually sacrificed on the cross and the lamb was finally provided. And that's what Abraham prophetically named the place uh, in verse 14. The Lord will provide. Um, it says, uh, Abraham named the site Yahweh Yirah. Hence, people now say, on the mountain, the Lord will see. But a better translation, the Revised Standard Version, says, the Lord will provide. And uh, God, of course, can, uh, reiterates his promise in verse 18. Your descendants and in your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. And they will, ultimately, all those that will follow Christ, who is in Abraham's ultimate lineage there, um, will find that blessing. Okay. And, uh, okay, so Abraham passed the test. He had faith, which led to obedience for which he was blessed. So it was Abraham's story. It's not just faith alone. Look at all of these things that he did long before he even had Isaac, but this is the, the final test. He didn't just have faith. He acted on his faith. And that is how we are saved. We are saved through faith as, as demonstrated by our works. Otherwise, as James says in chapter 2 of the book of James, faith without works is dead. Okay, so that's a little different take than many of our Protestant uh, brethren would have on uh, how one is saved. We are saved by grace, by the grace of God, through faith as demonstrated by our works. Okay, so um, remember that analogy I gave you uh, uh, back in the New Testament about the circus performer on the high wire that asked people, if you believe I can do this, you know, you got to get in the barrel. Well, Abraham got in the barrel. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you for Abraham's faith. We, th we thank you for his example, for his willingness to give his most precious thing, the thing that he had waited for longest, uh, to you, if that was what was required. But he knew that you weren't going to make him do that. He knew you were going to keep your promises. And we thank you that you are a God who keeps your promises. And so give us the faith of Abraham and give us the graces to do the works that you would have us do. We ask this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.